I want you to go to the book of Leviticus right now. I just want to read one verse. Uh, I want to start out reading just one verse from Leviticus chapter 22. And I want to, uh, in the Old Testament, of course, when you get to reading through the book of Leviticus and you know Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, there's a lot of details in there for different sacrifices and things. And has anybody ever been there before? You're reading some of that stuff, and it just it kind of gets difficult to read. I don't want to say boring, but we'll say difficult to read. It goes into a lot of details, and it's easy to get lost reading some of that stuff. But you know, all those things that were in there in the Old Testament, those things were they were pictures of Jesus Christ. I mean, and when you get to studying some of that stuff, I mean, there's really some great lessons that you can learn. And uh, and the, and pretty much anything in the Old Testament that they did, you know, you can find some kind of New Testament application for it. You can see where Christ filled, uh, fulfilled a lot of those things. But in Leviticus 22 verse 29, it says, "And when ye will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it at your own will." And so uh, the sacrifice, uh, the Thanksgiving sacrifice. If you go back to Leviticus chapter seven, we're not going to read it. But it goes into all the details of the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Leviticus seven eleven through twenty one, it's given the details of peace offerings. Okay, you all probably heard of peace offerings before. We still use that term sometimes. You know, maybe if you have a fight with your wife or something, maybe you bring home a peace offering. You know, maybe you bring her a box of chocolates or something, and you refer to that as a peace offering uh, as kind of a way to make up. But a peace offering in the Bible, it wasn't really like that. A peace offering. It was something that people really, they kind of did it when they wanted to. They did it really just out of gratitude for God's goodness. A lot of the sacrifices that they had, there were specific times when they had to do it. For example, when a a child was born, there were specific sacrifices that they did. Jesus' parents did that for him. You know, they would offer the two turtle doves. And I've always thought maybe that's where the whole two turtle doves and the, you know, 12 days of Christmas song came from. That's mentioned there in the Christmas story. But are in Luke chapter two. But then um, some and some offerings were yearly ones that they did. Some were ones they did, you know, for specific feasts and things. But then there were some that was just kind of whenever they felt like it. And the peace offerings were those. They included you know vows that people would make to God. Sometimes just out of gratitude, people would say, you know what, I'm going to give this gift to God. It was it was a peace offering. It was a a vow. They would make this promise. I'm going to give this to God. Um, they had free will offerings that, you know, people just, hey, I want to give this. It wasn't like the tithe that they had where they were required to give that. This was just a free will offering. You know what? The Lord's blessing me, and I want to give. And so they would just they would give. That was a, a part of the peace offerings. But then there was also the sacrifice of thanksgiving that they had, and that the details are there in Leviticus chapter seven. You know what? I'm not smart enough. I'm not a you know deep enough Bible scholar that I can get up here and I can tell you all the little details and every little part of that sacrifice, what it meant. Uh, I haven't gone that deep into this. But you know, as we study this sacrifice of thanksgiving and as we try to apply these things, uh, I think there's definitely some new applications that we can make. And I find it very interesting. There is a phrase that is mentioned there in Leviticus chapter 22-29 that we read that we do see later in the New Testament at a very appropriate time, I think, that we're going to look at in just a little bit. But Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, it says, "...by Him therefore let us offer the sacrifice 
of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. A while back, I preached a message on the sacrifice of praise. And the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of thanksgiving, when you stop and think about it, it's like, well, how is this a sacrifice? Because sacrifices, they always required you to give something up. People would give their animals that they had, you know, to sacrifice those. You know, that was their livelihood. That was what they ate from. You know, they they raised these things so they could live on them. And here they would go and they would give it to the priest. And it was it was an actual sacrifice for them to give that up. But when we talk about the sacrifice of thanksgiving, how can being thankful be a sacrifice? I mean, think think about that. You know, we're we're talking about Thanksgiving here. I don't believe we need to go and do the sacrifice of Thanksgiving like they did, where they're offering unleavened bread and doing all these things like that. But I do believe we ought to give the sacrifice of Thanksgiving. So, how is that a sacrifice? How is Thanksgiving a sacrifice? What are we giving up by being thankful? And the truth is, if we stop and think about it, you being thankful. You are sacrificing. In fact, you're sacrificing some things that are very, very important to many people. Now, nobody in here is probably going to, you know, want to admit that these things that you're, that we're talking about sacrificing are important to them. But if we were real honest with ourselves, we might have to admit that, you know what? If I give that sacrifice of thanksgiving to God, I am giving up some things very important to me. And so what are those things? Well, first off, you being thankful, okay, you Sacrifice, giving the sacrifice of thanksgiving, you know what you're doing? You are giving up the opportunity to be unthankful. Think about that. If you're given a sacrifice of thanksgiving, okay, you don't have to do it. You're just doing it because you're thankful. You're doing it out of your love for God. Well, you can't do that while being unthankful at the same time. And let's just admit it, we like to be unthankful. We like to complain, don't we? We like to have our pity parties and talk about everything that's going bad in our life. We do. We love to complain. We hate when other people do it. You know, we hate when somebody else comes along and talks about their problems because you know what? Well, my problems are worse than their problems. You know, I've, I, you know, my life's tougher than their life. And we, we do. We like to be unthankful. We live in America. People love to be victims. We've got professional victims out there. People that just, I mean. Good night. You know, it's like they make a living feeling sorry for themselves. And we need to be thankful people. And you know, so us giving up the opportunity to be unthankful, it means we don't get to feel sorry for ourselves. You know what that means? We are giving up selfishness. Think about that. Selfishness. You know how easy it is to be selfish? Selfishness is something that comes natural to all of us, doesn't it? I mean, did anybody ever teach their kids how to be selfish? Did anybody ever teach their kids that when their brother or sister takes their toy to throw a fit? Nobody taught them that. You know why? Because it just goes with our sin nature. We all are just kind of naturally selfish people. Some of you, none of you are probably going to admit it, but how many before have ever heard about something really good that happened to somebody and it kind of made you mad? Like, why didn't that happen to me? Don't we all love hearing when somebody won the lottery? How, how can people waste their money like that? You become millionaires. You know, we're being selfish, all right? You know, in fact, if you play the lottery, you're being selfish. When you stop and think about it, you're hoping you win, which means everybody else loses. You realize all that money they win is money that everybody else lost. 
I mean, you want to talk about selfishness, that, that's pretty selfish right there. But you know what? what? You being thankful, you're taking that focus off yourself. You're saying, you know, Lord, You've been good to me. And Lord, I want to, I want to just praise You. And, and even now, we can still do... Uh, you know, we can give sacrifices in the sense that, you know, you can give to someone else. You can give to someone that has a greater need than you. You know, you can, you know, there's, there's ways that we can give in that area. We might talk a little more about that. But giving up selfishness, that is an important thing. We should not be selfish people. We should not be self-centered. We should not be all focused on self. 1 Corinthians 10.24 It says, let no man seek his own but every man another's wealth. Think about that. Okay, now why aren't we that interested in seeking for other people's wealth? Seeking for other people's happiness? You know why? Because we think we're missing out. We think we're lacking. We're think, we think that we don't have enough. You know, it's not enough for us that, you know, all of us in here are, are rich. Okay? According to most of the world's standard. Now, not according to the American standard, but most of the world's standard. In fact, I think it was yesterday, the day before. Did anybody know what special day it was a day or two ago? I had never heard of it before. I forgot what it was called exactly. But it was like, it was something along the line of like National Bathroom Day or something. And it's to bring awareness of how many people do not have access to indoor bathrooms. And there is a huge portion of the world, and I guess there's a pretty big number of people in America even that don't have access to indoor plumbing. And I thought, what? <laughs> Everybody has bathrooms now, but no. There's a lot of places that they don't have that. And I'm, there was a time when only rich people had indoor plumbing. Well, so what happened? Are the, you know, just are we all rich now? Yeah. That, that, that's what pretty much what it is. You know, there was a time only rich people had cell phones. There was a time, you know, there was a time that only rich people, you know, had heating and air conditioning. We have these things now, but in America we've been told we're poor. And because of that, let, you know, there's always going to be somebody that has more than you. You, if you go, you know, ever, somebody, there's always going to be a bigger house. There's always going to be somebody with a nicer car, somebody with more money. And the truth is. We have gotten so self-centered in America. Thanks, you know, thanks to, you know, commercials and things. Always, you know, we're, you know, all the advertisements programming us to want more and more and more. You know, I mean, our cell phones we have right now are just incredible. Now, I remember when everybody thought it was a big deal because you could take a picture with your cell phone. You know, that's nothing. That's no big deal. I remember, you know, the first phone. This had internet on it. I remember, you know, you could actually get on the internet on your phone. You could hardly do anything. I remember it was like thirty dollars a month extra to have that internet on your phone. I was like, who can pay for that? Well, everybody now. I mean, it's a necessity of life. And we and the thing is, because of technology and things advancing so much, we are never going to have everything. We can't keep up. Okay, we. I mean. We, it's impossible to keep up with the Smiths and Joneses these days. And so as a result of that, we always think we've got to be pursuing more wealth for ourselves. And we have forgotten about this concept of trying to be a blessing to other people, trying to help. 
other people. We don't even think about that. It doesn't even cross our mind. And we are a very selfish, self-centered people in America today. And we need to give that thing up. Let every man see, not seek his own, but another man's wealth. Second Timothy 3, and when it says seek another man's wealth, not saying, saying seek it so you can get it from them. Okay? Alright, that's not what it's talking about. You know, we're, no, we're trying to, uh, help other people. We want, we want them to do good. Second Timothy 3, 2 and 4, said, 2, 4, 2 through 4 says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, thank, unthankful, unholy, and then it names off all these things. But the Bible says in the last days it was going to be that way where people were unthankful. We are in the most prosperous time, in the most prosperous age that there has ever been. And you know what? We're not thank- we are the most unthankful people that there is. You know, I remember when we went into Israel, we crossed over into the country of Jordan, and we, how many has ever heard of Petra, the rose red city? They got these buildings all carved out of rock. And I remember they were showing, uh, when we were there, they showed carved out of the rock, you know, this aqueduct that they had, so they were able to get water into the city. And that was just an amazing thing for that time. And this was just, just, in its day, was this incredible, magnificent city. But you know what? While that was like considered riches back in that time, we none of us would want to live there today. That would be poverty. That would be miserable. You know, we would all think that we were the biggest victims in all of the world, and here we are today with all these wonderful things that we have, and we're the most unthankful people ever. And it's not getting any better. It's it's absolutely ridiculous, and we as Christians should not be that way. You know, what we just might have to do, we might have to start paying attention to the needs of others. Our decisions might have to start being based on what's best for others instead of what's best for me. Philippians 2.4, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That is what the Bible says, Let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. That's how Jesus Christ worked. And you being thankful, okay, if you really are thankful, we can all say we're thankful. You know, if I say, who all is thankful today? Oh, we'd all raise our hand. Yeah, I'm thankful. We know we're supposed to be thankful, but we're not really thankful. But you really being thankful, it means you are giving up the opportunity to be unthankful. It means you don't get to feel sorry for yourself. It means you are going to be paying attention to the needs of others instead of your own needs. And that is a big sacrifice, especially for Americans. That goes against our culture. Haggai one nine says, "Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why saith the Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that is waste, ye run every man into his own house. But if you read the passages before that, the house of the Lord during that time it had fallen apart. It was lying waste, and the people of Israel they didn't care that the house of the Lord was in bad shape, that it was falling apart, that because their houses were fine." Hey, everything's good in my house. I've got my house. I've got everything I need. Who cares about the house of the Lord? And you know what God told him? He's like, you know what? You know, you're wondering why you have, but you're not enjoying it. And the Bible often talks about how God would give them things, but He would bring leanness to their soul. He wouldn't let them enjoy it. There's a passage in the Bible where it says, you know, you you bring in much, but you're putting it into a bag with holes in it. Has anybody ever felt like your wallet had a hole in it before? I don't know about you, but you know, I, I, I felt like my wallet's 
got a hole in it somewhere. My bank account's got a hole in it. You know, somebody there's a, there's an identity thief out there. You know, getting all my money. But you know, I check and it turns out it wasn't identity thief. You know, I swiped the card. You know, I, I I'm the one I'm the one that did it. And we've all felt that way before. And the Bible says, you know, because they were focused on themselves and not on the things of God, he said, you know, you're. He said, I, I he said I blew on it. I had to blow upon it. You know how fast God can take away your money? It's amazing what people will leave the will of God for the small amounts of money. Well, I, you know, I'm going to get out of the will of God so I can make a few thousand dollars more a year. Well, you know what? You can lose that in one car wreck. I mean, one thing. Nowadays, you can get sued so easy by people. I mean, if you have a dog, all your dog's got to do is go bite some kid and you're going to get sued for $10 zillion and probably thrown in jail. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous what's go, the way things are today. I mean, it can go fast, and I believe God will still do that if we don't keep our our focus right, our priorities right. Then you know, God is just going He's going to blow on what we have, and boom, it's gone, just like that. We might just have to start accepting God's will for our life. Romans chapter one, verse twenty uh, through twenty-two. If you want to turn over to there, we see uh, a many horrible sins that are mentioned. And it talks about, it says in verse 20, it says, "...for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools." We're seeing that today where people, they don't like God's will for their life. They don't like how God made them. You know, we see how God made man. He made a male and female, but there's people today, I don't like it that I'm a man. I should have been a woman. And, you know, you got all that crazy stuff that's going on. And I don't even want to get into all the things. It gets into detail here about some of the sins that happen, how God turns them over to a reprobate mind. But it all started because they weren't thankful. They didn't like how God made them. They did not like God's plan for them. Many people, you know, they don't. Maybe they don't like the family that God put them in. Maybe they don't like the body that God put them in. You know, why couldn't I have been a blonde? Or why couldn't I have had brown eyes? Or why couldn't whatever? You know, they don't. They don't like that. And so they're always trying to change everything about themselves. They're not interested in the will of God one bit. It's all about what do I want? What do I want? What pleases me? You know, what makes me feel good? Not even asking what is the will of God. Never even thinking that verse, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You know why many people are not thankful today? Is because they are not interested in God's will, they're interested in their will. And what is our will? Well, our will is for us all to be millionaires and to be the most popular people and everyone to like us and think we're great and everything to go wonderful in our life and us never get sick, us never have any problems, you know, never have any difficulties and everything to be great in our family. But you know what? We see in the Bible that sometimes being in the will of God means bad things happen. The Bible says all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. The Bible says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for My sake. That's not our will for our life, but it may be God's will. Why? Because if we endure those things, great is our reward in heaven. But we're not thinking about those things. We're thinking about what we want right now. And as a result of that, you know, we don't have it. 
None of us in here have as much money as we want or as we think we should have. And so, you know, it's real easy for us to complain, but you know what? Why don't we just accept the fact, you know what? God doesn't want me to be a millionaire. Maybe God knows that if I had all the money I wanted, I wouldn't be doing what He wants me to do right now. You know, if I had all the money that I wanted, you know, I'd be too busy vacationing all the time. I wouldn't be able to serve God. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing the things that He's called me to do. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I mean, stop and think about it. Okay? And, you know, don't raise your hand if you ever played the lottery, but if you ever played the lottery, it was your will to win, wasn't it? Okay? Now, here's the thing. How many of you think if you would have won the lottery, would be here today? Okay? And if you believe it's God's will for you to be here today, then you got to say, well, it wasn't God's will for me to win the lottery that way. <laughs> and, you know, we, we just got to admit it that, you know what, we don't always like God's will, but we should be wise enough to understand as Christians that God knows better than we do. And if we are not, you know, you know, if we are in God's will, we are better off than we would be if we had gotten everything we ever wanted. And we, and so just be thankful and say, you know what, forget, you know, I'm going to, I'm giving that sacrifice of thankfulness. I'm going to be thankful for that I'm just in God's will. That's all I care about. And sacrificing unthankfulness, it will more than likely cause us to sacrifice what we have for the needs of others. Look at Mark chapter 14 and verse 3. Mark chapter 14 and verse 3. And this is where I think I think it gets interesting because that first verse we read, Leviticus chapter 22 verse 29, the interesting thing about these peace offerings and the sacrifice of thanksgiving it says, offer it at your will. That's what he said. God did not give a specific number of times. He didn't say you had to do it once a year. He didn't say you had to do it once in a lifetime. It was just, offer it at your will. That's what he said to do. And the Leviticus chapter, or not Leviticus, um, Mark chapter 14, verse 3, it says, And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she brake the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and had been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, you may, ye may do them good. But me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. We see that in this story, this woman is probably poor. Notice when she brings this, she but she has this expensive ointment that she's got, and she brings it and she pours it out on Jesus. She is really she's making a great financial sacrifice by doing this very thing. And we see that in another gospel, it was Judas that he got upset by this. You know, look at this waste. This could have been sold. It could have been given to the poor. And Jesus made that statement. He said, you know, you always have the poor with you, and whensoever you will. Okay, how often do you want, are we supposed to give to the poor, help the poor, whenever you want? The Bible doesn't tell us you know a specific number of times. Just whenever you want, 
That is a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Sometimes you might just be feeling thankful and you want it, and you do, you do, you just feel like giving. But you know, the truth is, how often do we feel like giving to the poor? How often do we feel like giving to other people? Most of the time when we give, okay, now we all say, well, I want to give all the time. You know, every time I see a bum, I want to give him 20 bucks, but I, I don't have 20 bucks. Or I need this for something else. Okay, we always have an excuse, but here's the thing. The woman in this story, she was so thankful. Okay, her sins that, you know, had been forgiven her. She was so thankful, she didn't realize that she was poor. Think about it. She's pouring out this expensive ointment on Jesus, not even thinking about the cost of it. Why? She was, she was too grateful to Jesus Christ. She was too thankful to realize that she was poor. Do you all realize that we are not even poor, but yet we're, we're so selfish, we think we are poor, where if we were thankful, we wouldn't even notice the fact that, you know what, some people have more than me. If we were thankful, we would, like we said before, we would be more interested in the things of other people. We would be more interested in their needs, and we wouldn't be, it wouldn't even be a thought, what am I giving up? She wasn't even thinking about that. She just wanted to give. Okay, you give that twenty dollars to a bum. All right, well maybe now you don't get to buy that extra shirt that you wanted to buy. But you know what? When you're thankful, that's not even a thought. You're not even thinking about it. You're not even considering it. You know, those who are thankful, they don't need to be told how often to sacrifice. Nobody told this woman to do this. Jesus didn't ask this woman to do this. She just did it. Okay, people who are thankful. They don't need to be told to do these things. They don't need to be told to give. It's just something that they do. It's kind of a spontaneous thing. And they don't even think about what they're sacrificing. They don't even think about what they're giving up for themselves. Those who are thankful, many times they're not even aware of the fact that they're sacrificing. I don't believe this woman... I don't even believe she thought about it for one second. Here she saw Jesus, this man who saved her, this man who loved her, and she's like... I've got some precious ointment that would be a great gift for him. And she went and gave it. She didn't think about what she was going to have to do without. It didn't even cross her mind. And that's how it is when you're thankful. You're not thinking about those things. You know, when when you give of your tithes and offerings, you're not you're not thinking, oh, I could buy this instead. You, you don't think that way. Why? You're just thankful. You're thankful. I'm thankful I have a job. I'm thankful I'm able to make money. I'm glad I'm able to give something to God. And you don't think about that. There are some people I know that's like they're always keeping track and they're always adding up. You know, I could have done this with the money. If I didn't tithe, I could do this. I could do that. Listen, if you were thankful, you wouldn't even be thinking about that. You're not even. You're, it's not even going to cross your mind. And that's how that's how it ought to be. And sacrificing unthankfulness. It's actually going to give us a why for what we're doing with our life. Think, because think about that. Once again, it's all about what can I do for myself? How can I please myself? That's a pretty sorry reason to live. That, I mean, boy, let's say you live your whole life and you do, you get everything you want for yourself. I mean, on your funeral, do you want everybody getting up and saying, you know, hey, you know, this person, they, lived a great life for themselves. 
They made everybody else miserable. They, I talked to a preacher here in town one time. He went to a funeral one time and he didn't know the person at all. He had gotten this idea from another pastor where at the graveside, they would ask people, explain this person in one word. And you know, people would say things like, you know, generous, loving, faithful, caring, you know, everybody, everybody just kind of shout out these words that represented that person. And so he did that for a guy one time. And he didn't know this person at all. And it turned out all these people were there pretty much out of obligation. And they started saying things like, selfish. And just they all started saying bad things about this guy. And he was just like, uh, okay. You know, and then just kind of stopped it and went on. But I mean, think about that. You know, is that how, is that what your legacy, you want your legacy to be? That it was just all about me? It was all about that person? And you know, there's a reason that we are here. There is a reason that that we do the things we do. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24. Okay, it says and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know why most people are not in church today? Why they don't go to church? I don't need it. It doesn't do anything for me. I don't enjoy it. Uh, I don't have to have it. You know what they're doing? They're thinking about themselves. And the Bible says when it comes to the assembling, the goal of this is not what's in it for me, it's what can I do for other people. The attitude, you know, I, you need to be here to be an encouragement to other people. You need to be here to be an encouragement to me. You need to be an encouragement to, be, to, the, to, the, to the other members. How would you like it? If I'm up here preaching and you are the only one in the audience, I might get a little uncomfortable sometime. I'm up here ranting, you know, you sorry, unselfish, or you selfish, you know, no good, self-centered pile of garbage, and you're the only one there. Well, you can't act like that's he's talking to somebody else in the church. That'd be awkward. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to go to that church. But it's encouraging when there's other people around. Well, you know, what if everybody had your attitude? If everybody, well, then there might be a lot of services where nobody's there. And the truth is, when it comes to church, it is not about what's in it for me. It's about what can I do for other people. How can I encourage people? Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. This is one place we know. We're all going to be. You know, most of us throughout the week don't see each other. Okay, every once in a while you might run into each other in town at a restaurant. That happens sometimes. But you know, most of the time we're not around each other during the week to encourage each other. But this is one place where you can know, hey, my brothers and sisters in Christ, they're they're going to be there. This is where they're going to be. You know, Sunday morning at eleven o'clock, or Sunday night at six, Wednesday at seven, whatever. I know they're going to be there. That's my opportunity to be a blessing to my family in Christ. My to my brothers. And sisters, it's in the house of God. And most people, 100% of what motivates them to go to church is what's in it for me. And that's why these churches are big, you know, that do all the fancy plays and, you know, have all the cool, you know, music and entertainment. Well, that's a great show. Who doesn't want to go watch a cool show? You know, we went and watched a really neat Moses play when we were on vacation. It was 
very impressive. It was very moving. I told my wife, it's like, when we have our Christmas play, I want it to be at the same standard as, as that one there. I mean, it, it was impressive, <laughs> this play that we saw. If you saw it, the, I said the lighting, the acting, the singing, you know, the props, the sound effects, uh, and it would blow your mind if you saw, if you saw this. But uh, you know, if, we, if we did that every week, boy, we'd be, that place, they charge people. Like, it's like 50 bucks a ticket. And, they, and people pay it, and they fill that place up all the time. You know why? Because they put on a good show. Everybody wants to watch a good show. You know, but at the same time, I don't really see in the Bible that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, I'm not against having some fun sometime, but you know what? We just don't have it in us to put on a spectacular play every week. You know, We don't have the orchestras, the bands, and all those things that can entertain people right now. And in fact, it does appear in the Bible that the main thing when it comes to the house of God, it is the preaching of the Word of God. It is about trying to win souls and bring people to Christ, not the entertainment. But many people, they're selfish, and so they're not committed, they're not involved, because they're not thinking about themselves. But you know what? Sacrificing unthankfulness, it's going to give you a why for what you're doing and you know, when it comes to things like going to church, you know what? This isn't just for me. This is for everyone else. And so, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to make Liberty Baptist Church a better place. I'm going, to, I'm going to make sure this is a friendly church. I'm going to make sure that this church, you know, it's a lively church. I'm not going to be the one falling asleep and snoring during the service. I'm going to be one of them that's singing out and getting involved in the service. That's going to be me because I want to make it better because I want to encourage people around me. Have you ever been to a church before where the singing was just, you know, just... You sound more like a funeral march, okay? You know that's sad, and I, I've been there before. You know, and there'll be a song, man. He'll be up there. He's trying to get the people into it, but they're just, you know, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. You know, man, don't do that. You know, I've been in churches before where I enjoy the song service as much as anything else because I, I just love listening to those people sing. And Brother, uh, Brother Caleb Hansen, he's a friend of mine, he pastors in Minnesota now. He used to go to Brother Angel's church. And you know they got a big church there. And I used to love in the congregational singing. Their congregation sang loud. They had a good choir and everything. But the best part of the congregational singing when he was there is he would, he'd just be up there and he'd just be amening and shouting the song. And, and like during their choir specials and stuff, he's a good singer, but he'd just sit there and he would just amen. It'd just get you excited. It was the best part of the singing was listening to Brother Caleb. Some of you remember him. He was here at our grand opening and commented on his excitement during the service. He was doing that while he was here. You know, we need one. We need one of him here. One of you all need to need to do that. And you know, and he you know, don't be obnoxious. And you know, he wasn't. He timed it right. And man, he and it was real with him too. Man, he's just excited about the things of God and just shouted, and it added a ton to the service. I, I love that. I mean, it's amazing how what you know things like that. What they can do. I've been in churches like that. You know, my family, they all remember Silver Boots. And Silver Boots, he was a gigantic church. Thousands of people there. Silver Boots. I have no idea what his name was. He sat in the front row and he wore Silver Boots. And man, that guy would just go crazy during the service. I mean, he just shouted about everything. And I had, before the service started, you know, I was kind of going around shaking hands. And I came up and introduced myself to him, and I was like, "Hey, I was like, hey, how you doing?" He's like, "Where are you from?" I was like, "I'm from Illinois." Amen. He got excited. He started amen because I was from Illinois. Just got excited. We I watched him the whole service, and it did. It was great. It was it was, it was great. I, if I ever go back to that church, it was in 
North Carolina. I'm going to be looking for silver boots because I don't know if he was a member there or was just visiting, but it was. he sat on a pew all by himself. I don't think anybody wanted to sit by him. But I'm telling you, those, those, things, those people are blessings. Uh, they, they, make things, they make things better. And you know, I'm not talking about putting on a show. Things need to be genuine, but we need to just lose ourselves sometimes and just say, you know what, this isn't about me. What can I do to make things more encouraging for everybody else? But many, many cannot even comprehend the concept of doing anything that just doesn't benefit themselves. That's just that's all they think about. That's their life every day. And sacrificing unthankfulness, it really is a big deal for some people. It'll change your total outlook, your focus in life. It'll change the way you do everything. Your life will no longer be about you, but it will be about others. And so I encourage you to give that sacrifice of thanksgiving. How often? I said whenever you want. A thankful person, there, there, you know, how often you do it, it all depends on how thankful you are. And if you get caught up in yourself, you probably won't do it much. But I encourage you to do that. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He, was, he wasn't thinking about Himself. He was thinking about all of us. Let's do the same thing. So let's all stand with...